Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, did you notice that on my personal Instagram account that you've made several appearances on my feed? I don't remember seeing, I don't see any, you never post any pictures of me on your feed. What are you talking about? Oh, oh, not pictures of you, but you you <laughs> took several pictures of me and then your hand also made an appearance, made a cameo as well. Oh so I just wanted to let you know that you helped contribute to my pictures this week. <laughs> oh my gosh, that dollar shop one was too much. Guys, you have no idea how long I had to shoot that. <laughs> Going through Nelson's unique facial expressions, <laughs> trying to get the right one. Okay. Oh my gosh. To my credit, you told me is like you always do the same pose, you always do the same picture. So <laughs> you told me to like act like you're blowing the dry ice <laughs> into the seafood. So I was like, "What? Okay." And actually, it turned out the best picture. And you took that with your phone too, by the way. I know, and you always act surprised. Like half the pictures on my feed are actually from my phone. <laughs> uh, but looks like looks like you got really good likes on it. I'm looking at your engagement, and it looks pretty good on that picture. Oh, I, I didn't even pay attention to the likes, but yeah, it, it, I, I just love, I love the pictures and you know, well, here's the thing. Remember M Monica, I have an iPhone six, right? <laughs> so <laughs> all the pictures I take from my camera are, are terrible compared to like <laughs> my actual camera that I use. So oh I was God. like, I have nothing to compare. And then you have your nice phone, which is you know updated and everything. And mm -hmm. I know I am aware about this four years ago it's time for a new phone so. <laughs> it's time for a new phone but i'm looking at that cheese pool too that's pretty epic and hey i just want to mention to you nelson did you know that hand modeling is a thing that like people do for a living and get paid for <laughs> yeah yeah ever since i saw that friends episode of joey trying to look for like the hand <laughs> right. model twin in las vegas yeah, yeah. i knew that there was that a hand was model thing funny. going on yeah well we can talk about that we're going to talk about friends later Hey everyone, welcome to our show. This is Seattle Foodie Podcast, episode 55. I'm Nelson. She's Monica. Monica, we always talk about this the last couple episodes. Haven't seen each other for a while, for almost two weeks, and then we just hit it hard for the last two days. Oh, for sure. I woke up, I woke up this morning and I am still full from the last two days that we've been doing stuff. I was like, uh, I was like, I feel so full right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know we did a double header yesterday too, so <laughs> We got a lot of recaps to do. So how about we get started with that? For sure. All right. Why don't you go ahead and get into it? Okay. So the first recap I'm going to do is about Maggie Bluffs. And so you, you all know that I live in North Seattle, but did you guys know that there's a restaurant below Palisades? So if you walk down the stairs, Maggie Bluffs is down there and they offer a more casual dining experience and they have indoor and outdoor seating. And all the years I've lived in North Seattle, I'd never been there. Uh, so you and I had lunch there yesterday. Uh, on their menu, you're going to find seafood dishes and also classic favorites. And there's a large selection of burgers, sandwiches, and salads. Nelson, we got to have lunch there and I was a fan of the clam chowder. Uh, I thought they had really cute square cut potatoes. Uh, they kind of <laughs> reminded me of the kind of potatoes I ate in soup when I was a kid. And the steak tacos were fantastic. Kind of, you know, bullied you a little bit and said, oh, I'm taking these home. Um, and creme brulee. What were some of your favorites? 
I really loved the open-faced hot crab and artichoke sandwich. That was mm. really good. I, I'm glad I got to take that home and eat it because mm. that did that did not last long. As soon as I got home, I ate that. So I really enjoyed the casual dining that's mm-hmm. around the marina there. Uh, I know there's Palisades up above. So if you ever want like a nice meal up there, but there's also an option there where you can just grab like a sandwich or clam chowder or some fish and chips. I thought that was really good. The, the bucket of shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was pretty fun. <laughs> lots of Old Bay seasoning on that. I, I really enjoyed it. Correction, lots of Old Bay seasoning on you, on your fingers, and on, on, on my... the table. Everywhere. Yeah. There was Old Bay everywhere. <laughs> oh, Old Bay everywhere. Yes, that's, that's right. <laughs> and then, of course, I can't, I, I can't deny a chop chop salad. Love love a chop chop salad. So, mm-hmm. yeah, love love the casual dining. I, I would go back and just have lunch at especially on a nice day, nice mm-hmm. su- summer day, or even like a nice spring day. We did see some people outside. When we sat down, it was it was really chilly, but then the mm-hmm. sun came out and the people started sitting out, outdoors. And yeah, it's, it's a great venue. I really like that. Absolutely. In addition to this casual dining experience, you can actually order takeout and you can order online and pick it up. And I was really surprised. It really got busy as we, you know, made our way through the lunch. I mean, one minute we were first there, which we always try to be first, just, you know, mm-hmm. just because. But by the time we left, it was pretty packed inside and outside. So it's pretty popular in the neighborhood. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Monica, let's go to another place. So mm-hmm. from out in the marina, we were also on another place near the in the water. So we were out on the east side this week at the Crab Pot location in Bellevue to preview the new seafood happy hour in Bellevue. Monica, one of the things that disappoints me in life is a happy hour menu with little food choices. Is does that ever disappoint you? You you go in and you're just like, wow, they got tots and fries, fries. and, <laughs> and their chips. And chips. <laughs> like, okay, so that's your happy hour special. I, mm-hmm. Do you ever get disappointed when you do that? Constantly disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Agree. Totally 100% agree. 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 Well, at the Crab Pot in Bellevue, you won't get disappointed there because we were treated to three. Yes, three rounds of seafood happy hour dishes and cocktails. I'm talking about crispy soft shell crab tacos, shrimp and crab flautas, Pacific Northwest chowder fries, crab toast. I mean, there was a rotating selection of oysters that were done several ways, like oysters Rockefeller and Buffalo Roasted. I mean, all in all, Monica, I counted it all. There were 11 total happy hour dishes that they brought out. I mean, (laughs) 11. Again, we were talking about earlier in the show how we were so full. This is the reason why. They just kept feeding (laughs) and it just kept coming and coming. And I I forgot to mention even the cocktails too. Okay, the Lemon Cosmo. (laughs) So Lemon Cosmo. so delicious. (laughs) I know. I'm talking about Cosmos here. I don't know. <laughs> so. I know. I'm just like, that's what you're going to leave with, Elsie? You should leave with like the old fashioned. <laughs> yeah. No, the old fashioned was really good, but that lemon Cosmo was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> it, it, it was. Um, I like the seaside sunset. And so I love, really like that drink. Uh, so first of all, it's Eastside, right? Uh, there's very few reasons that I'll agree to go out to the Eastside, especially in the middle of the week. Like it was early in the day. 
but I definitely was there for that because Chef Nick Novello is refreshing the happy hour out there. And so if you all are interested in some of the things you've seen in our stories and probably will see in our feed in the near future, that happy hour menu drops in October, which is just a couple of days away. And Nelson, I couldn't agree with you more. They had some really interesting items and people have been messaging me about them since we went there, especially the crispy soft shell crab tacos. And I wish I could have shown the video of me eating it because I did take one. But honestly, I bit into it and there's like legs all everywhere in my face. <laughs> so guys, uh, the crispy shell taco, um, the, the crab legs are just sticking out of the taco and it's prepared perfectly. It's just one of the, my favorite things that I ate that day. I think my favorite has to be the crab toast. Yeah. Digging into it. Once you cut into it, there's so much crab that was stuffed right into it. Mm -hmm. And with the sauce on top, I really loved it. I mean, it was a Parmesan Dijon Mornay sauce that was on top of it. Really loved that one. That that one came out in the first round uh, and that one just hit me really hard. <laughs> so that was really good. <laughs> and Monica, you know me, oysters. I mean, that second <laughs> round of just oysters, it just, just came at me. I love oysters Rockefeller. Mm -hmm. I've never had it done Buffalo style. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had it done like that? No, I haven't. No, that was, that was new to me. So they're doing a whole rotating selection of oysters. So you guys got to check out Crab Pot for their happy hour. I mean, they, they have a lot of choices and there's a lot to choose from. This is like a happy hour that you've come back multiple times. Oh, yeah, I agree for sure. It was, it was a great happy hour. Definitely could have done without that $50 Uber ride home though. <laughs> Telling you, you got to go to the east side. You got to move to the east side. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nelson. <laughs> Eastside is where it's at, Monica. I'm telling you. Uh -huh. See how to, what, what Eastside Foodie Podcast? What did we just? Did I just see that? Oh, Nelson. Uh, okay. Do we have any events coming up we want to talk about? We do, but we have one more place we got to talk about because oh. this was another epic dinner. So okay. let's let's hold off the events. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> Go yes. ahead. Tell us about this one, because last night, this is the reason why I'm still so full, because I'm still trying to digest all that food that we ate yesterday. Oh my gosh, yes, I'm still, you're right, I'm still food drunk. Um, <laughs> so Nelson, you had a chance to join me in Ballard for dinner at Gather Kitchen and Bar. Chef Ryan Donaldson treated us to a tasting that included a few surprises for me, but like our happy hour at the crab pot. It was a lot of food. Um, I didn't count the dishes, but um, I can feel it. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> the buffalo fried cauliflower, that was absolutely more than I ever thought a cauliflower could be. That texture was perfect. The flavor was a bit spicy. And even though that was like one of the first things that we were served, like <laughs> I couldn't stop eating them. Um, and we had to sort of pace ourselves. Uh, the showstopper for me was the Spanish octopus paella. The octopus was expertly cooked. Now, guys, I've been eating octopus for a long time, and this one was delicious. It was a bit smoky. I could cut it easily with my fork. I mean, it was perfect. Nelson, what were some of your favorites? Chef Ryan Donaldson is, when we were reading his bio, he also owns Stonehouse out in Redmond. Mm -hmm. And we, Monica, I've talked about Stonehouse out there in the east side and i love that restaurant mm -hmm. so i was so very pleasantly surprised that he runs gather kitchen as well and owns gather kitchen the food there is just as amazing so just mm -hmm. loved it and they sent out this thing okay monica duck confit corn dog <laughs> croquettes yeah 
I mean, you sliced into them and the, <laughs> oh my goodness, you love fancy corn dogs, right? You, I you just only, love only love fancy corn dogs. <laughs> I do not love regular corn dogs ever. Only <laughs> fancy corn dogs. Let's be clear, clear about that. Yeah. That was amazing. The lamb and beef meatballs. Oh mm. my goodness. Those were so tender. I, again, same thing. Cut it with a knife and it's just like, and it melts in your mouth. Those were two of my favorites, I think. Paella. We were fighting to take the paella home. And luckily you <laughs> let me take the leftovers of the paella home. Oh my goodness. I mean, we the octopus. Yes. Half degree. That was some of the best tender octopus yeah. we've ever had. Hands down. But it was the, it was the rice. And you mix it with the ground meat that was in the rice. That's what I wanted to take home because it was like every bite was like so savory. It was really good. That was delicious. Yeah. And you know, Nelson, I have to say, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit confused about why I don't hear more about this hidden gem. The food was very good. And I'm talking every course that we had was good. And the, the reaction was always similar. Like we're sitting there and we're tasting something. And one of us looks at the others like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. it was good. <laughs> no joke. I'm really excited to try their new Sunday fried chicken supper. And so that just started last week and it runs $20 a person. And I think that you know, the food that we ate, I thought that the prices were really reasonable. Even though we it was a hosted meal, we always look at the menu and we look at the price points. And I thought it was very reasonable for what we ate, especially the quality and the technique behind it. I have to totally agree. It was this this restaurant is very underrated. You guys got to go check it out. And it's in Ballard. I know there's a lot of choices out in Ballard because there's a lot of restaurants. And every time I go out with friends, like, where should we eat? And it's always a hard decision. I'm going to start suggesting Gather mm -hmm. because it's really a good restaurant. It's not on the main strip of Market Street. It's a little bit. It's just just a block up. I mean, yep, just a block a from block up. So it's not that bad. It's a great location. You guys, you guys really have to check it out. They have, they make amazing food out there. Yeah, absolutely. Mind blowing. Mind blowing. All right, Monica, that was our recap. Still full. I'm still, as we're talking right now, <laughs> we do have a lot of events going on. So I'm going to go ahead and kick it off for us because we have, what am I counting right now? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven events to talk about. So <laughs> let me start it off. Every once in a while, Sia Dad hosts a pop-up, the dinner and DJ series where local chefs prepare a multiple course menu while a DJ is spinning their hip-hop tunes. Monica, we've talked about dinner and a DJ. I mean, I can't believe this is their 31st pop-up that they're I doing <laughs> this coming Monday. And this one's this one's awesome because we know the chef, Chef Young Cho of Forlay, along with our friend Feed the Pudge, Ken Tran, will be hosting this event. Chef Young Cho has created a South by Southeast theme, which fuses Korean and Vietnamese cuisines. The items on the menu include fried chicken lollipops, titko bibimbap, lishan spring rolls, and bing su che. So a mixture of Korean meets Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Tickets are still available and you can be purchased on dinnerndj31.eventbrite.com or you can also go to seadadseattle.com or their Facebook page to purchase the tickets. Mm -hmm. Monica, this one's coming up. Ken was actually on our one of our recent episodes, so you can go and check that out too as well from the interviews. This sounds pretty amazing to me. It absolutely does. And so that's episode 53 with Ken Tran. And can I just say how much I love 
Young's food. I, I yeah. can't even put that into words. So really excited to see this collaboration and two people that we know pretty well, just doing it up, just doing their thing. Sounds amazing. So guys, yeah. by the time this episode drops, the event is tonight. So get on it. There's only some a few tickets left. Okay, Monica, what, what other event do you have? I'm going to talk about Taste America Seattle. This event is hosted by the James Beer Foundation, whose mission it is to celebrate, nurture, and honor chefs and other leaders, making America's food culture more delicious, diverse, and sustainable for everyone. On Thursday, October 3rd at 6 p.m., you can enjoy craft cocktails and light bites by some of Seattle's most talented mixologists and chefs. Mixologists like Amanda Reed of Heartwood Provisions will be there. And can I just say... They have an excellent, excellent cocktail program. They're not too far from my office, and they do fantastic standalone cocktails or pair it with your food. So she's great. Uh, two James Beard Award winners will be on deck, Eduardo Jordan of June Baby and Felipe Hernandez of Los Hernandez Tamales. One of our favorites, Shota Nakajima from Adana, will be cooking up light bites for a hungry cat as well. Tickets are $75 and are available at jamesbeard.org. Nelson, this sounds like an amazing event. Um, I mean, two James Beard award winners. Oh, my gosh. Anytime you have the word James Beard in front of it, that just sounds like a fun event. Absolutely. Okay, Nelson, this next event um, I'm really excited about. Uh, tell us about what's going on in Issaquah for once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is so funny because just to pull behind the curtains here, when we prepare <laughs> for our show, we're always – we send out a, a – a show schedule about what things we're going to talk about, talking points and events. And I sent out an email to Monica and was like, here, here are the events that we were thinking about covering. What do you think? And believe it or not, you're the one that actually came up with this one. (laughs) (laughs) It's been going on for 50 years and it just, for me, it just kind of like, Oh yeah, that's just, it's just another event that just kind of goes on. And I totally, I totally forgot. And it's a significant (laughs) event. And of course, Issaquah is my hometown. An Issaquah tradition is coming this weekend, and they're celebrating, as I mentioned, 50 years of this. I'm talking about the Issaquah Salmon Days. Monica, I've been going to this since I was like three years old. Mm -hmm. Every year, this two-day festival celebrates the return of salmon coming back to spawn their eggs. And my hometown has always held a festival to celebrate. There's parades, a fun run in the morning, and throughout the day, vendors take over Front Street and for giant arts and crafts and food festival. There will be live music throughout both days, and beer and wine garden will be present. Monica, I've done this so many years now. Used to do it all throughout high school, and now that I'm older, I would always invite friends from not from Issaquah to check it out. And <laughs> it's a big, it's a big thing. There's a, the salmon hatchery. Is it? There's, I mean, in the middle of Issaquah. And, in Front Street is the Salmon Hatchery. We're really into our salmon in Issaquah. And it's just—it's really fun to see like all the salmon just trying to jump up upstream, trying to get back home. Mm-hmm. And it's a fun time. There's a 5K and the 10K. Uh, I used to run back then, and it's—it's it's a great time. And and this is the only time where I can get elephant ears. I'm just telling you right now. This is what I look forward to on on the salmon days because it's like this is where I discovered elephant ears as a child. I was like, what is this thing? Is it, is it like, do they cut like a giant ear from an elephant and they're serving it? No, because that's stupid because those elephants, that they don't do it like that. So I was just like, what is this elephant ear? And I was like, oh my God, it's this, this is amazing. It's amazing. So yeah, definitely check out 
you definitely have to check out the salmon days well nelson it's it's not the only place you can get elephant ears but, but yes they have elephant ears there no no monica you don't understand to me that's the only place i get elephant ears that's the only okay. place okay okay i'll i'll let yeah. you hold on to that memory <laughs> you're so funny funnel cakes churros fried twinkies whatever it is you can get you can get it somewhere else but elephant ears only in issaquah Okay, only in Issaquah, Nelson says. <laughs> heard, heard, heard. <laughs> Monica, there is something going on at Pie Place Market on the weekday. So tell us about this event. This is a big event. This is Feast at the Market. And this is an annual event at Pike. It supports Neighbor Care Health's medical clinic at Pike Place Market. They provide more than 30,000 30, medical and mental health care visits each year to our community. On October 1st at 5.30 p.m., you'll be able to enjoy a self-guided tour of tastes at more than 20 participating restaurants. Nelson, some of our favorites like Etta's Old Stove Brewing, Tankard and & Ton, and The Tasting Room, which is Wines of Washington, will be serving up delicious bites and sips. Desserts will be served by Chicker Cherries. Listen to episode 20, Nelson's interview with Pam, Elena's Greek Yogurt, and appetizers by De Laurenti and Beecher's. Tickets for this event are $95 from NeighborCare.org. Nelson, I love these big events at Pike. They're kind of one of my favorite things. I mean, I go there all the time, but their events always tend to be really big and also supporting really great causes like NeighborCare. Lots of really, really good vendors out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about Tankard and & Ton and Chucker Cherries, Elena's. I was just about to post something for Elena's because you're talking about that at the Feast Portland. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, lots of great places. And oh, De Laurenti. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> De Laurenti. Yeah. The olive oil tasting that we did with Leslie Dines. Remember that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not about I've that. never done that before. I know. There's always so many great things. Is, again, Pike Place is just not a tourist place. I, I go there more often than you think. <laughs> I know you do too, but still you can't find the good places to park. <laughs> I, uh, it's always hard, but yeah, mm -hmm. you live with it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Monica, this next event is very interesting. It's happy hour through Delta. So experience happy hour around the world, one global brew at a time. This coming Friday and Saturday, the Delta 1700 bar is coming to Seattle from 12 p.m. to 2 a.m. both days at 1001 East Pike Street. Starting at 12 p.m. and on the hour, a new beer, international or domestic, will be served during that hour along with small bites and music. For every beer that's purchased from Europe to Asia, Monica, portions of the proceeds will go towards USO Northwest, Habitat for Humanity, and Northwest Harvest. So I guess we'll be drinking around the world at Pike Street this, I <laughs> this <know>. weekend. <laughs> I know when I heard about this concept, I was like, what is this? And then when I saw the the listing of like the different beers that would be served, I'm just like, okay, how am I going to plan this around the time that um, I want to be there? But it's, it's hard, but also just a way to taste something a little bit different. So sounds exciting. Does that mean we're going to have to like stay at that place for 14 hours to drink all the beers? Yeah, because it's kind 12, of. PM, 12 p.m. to 2 a.m. <laughs> so no, I, you, I think you guys get it's it's free for everyone. You guys check it out at 1001 East Pike Street. Like I said, the, every hour they're serving new beers. And I think the first one they start off with is in Amsterdam. And then they end with somewhere. I think they end with a Beijing beer at 2 a.m. So oh that's, my gosh. that's kind of, yeah, right. It's pretty interesting. I, I'm going to be there. I'm going to check it out on Saturday. Sounds like a fun time. Mm hmm. 
All right. Absolutely. And then we have two more events to talk about, Monica. So tell us about this one. It's by Seattle Made. We've talked about Seattle Made before, but mm-hmm. tell us about this one coming up. Yeah, so this is the fifth annual Taste of Seattle Made, and that's happening on Sunday, October 6th from 1 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. at one of my favorite venues, Access Pioneer Square. There's going to be over 40 Seattle Made producers, and they're going to be serving up samples. I hear there are a few collaborations in the mix. A ticket for this event includes five sample pours in mini bites from those vendors, and it's a celebration of food and beverages produced in Seattle. And just be aware, guys, this one is a 21 plus event. Oh, I guess a lot of the events we're talking about today are 21 plus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And tickets are $45 from Stranger Tickets. Uh, Now, I haven't listed any vendors because I haven't been able to find any online. But basically, if you know that a vendor is associated with Taste of Seattle Made, chances are they will be there. We've been to several events before, and there's a lot of vendors, guys. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of vendors through the Seattle Made program. I mean, you're you're be sampling a lot of stuff, so just be ready to to eat that. Just be ready to eat and drink. I'm always ready. <laughs> well, <laughs> Monica, you mentioned that most of these events are 21 plus. This last one, you don't need to be 21 plus. Okay. So all you all you adolescents listening to the Seattle mm-hmm. Foodie podcast, you guys can go to this one. All right, so it's it's this is great. I lo- I love this TV show, Monica. We were on a break, and I'm still looking for my lobster. And <laughs> and could this be any more exciting? I'm talking about the Friends Central perk pop up in celebration of the 25th anniversary of the 90s TV show Friends. The I can't believe 90s 90s. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> The lounge by AT&T and Capitol Hill will, will be transformed into Central Perk. The lounge, with, which partnered with Ada's Discovery Cafe, will be serving Friends-themed drinks and will have a Friends theme all through the holidays. This is so cool, Monica. I think this this past weekend, it was an opening weekend. And Sunday, they're, they're going to have the actor that played Gunther, mm-hmm. the Rembrandts. <laughs> created the tv show theme song for friends and there's going to be like trivia as well as an escape room type thing it's it's just so cool okay i i love friends i don't know i don't know if you i'm a 90s kid not 90s kid i was born before the 90s but i (laughs) (laughs) don't talk about your age because every time you talk about your age you want to talk about my age and i really prefer that you didn't do that Not not going to date myself here. Not going to date myself here, but oh my gosh. Monica, what's your favorite Friends episode? There's so many of them. There's so many of them. And what's funny is because this anniversary is coming up, like there's there's channels like playing friends like 24 7 and so just mm-hmm. just before recording this i was watching the one where um chandler got involved with one of joey's sisters and they're all named mary and they all look alike yes. and you can't tell them <laughs> apart and it ends up, it's so funny because just yeah just the, the situations they get into are pretty ridiculous um so it's really hard to choose like a favorite one because i think it it defined generations. I'm not even saying one generation. I think that Friends has mass appeal for any number of reasons because it was one of those first shows, I think, that were was really about nothing. It was just about life, right? I mean, there yeah. were like no real big themes. I mean, of course, they, they had things that they were doing in each show, 
but it was one of these nothing concepts kind of like Seinfeld where you're just getting a peek in the lives of other people. And so I think that's one of the things why it crosses so many generations. I still use friends references. <laughs> Guys, he's not so. playing. He's super excited and geeked out about this. Even when I, we're talking I, about I having it on the yeah. show. Like this is for real. Like this is the real Nelson, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't understand. Like, okay, everybody oh, knows. I understand. I'm <laughs> everybody knows that i'm single so on the dating apps i put on all the dating apps at the end i'm like looking looking for my lobster and if people don't understand that reference i am not going out with you that's a deal breaker for me oh my gosh (laughs) all right guys so if there's anybody out there that can find the lobster or be nelson's lobster (laughs) he's so funny every time i'm in vegas i'm still looking for joey's hand model i'm telling you telling you hand modeling is a thing <laughs> i'm gonna start charging you per shot uh, <laughs> not proposed per shot <laughs> so that's what 27 shots <laughs> I know. Once in a- uh, way, way more than 27 you're short you're shorting yourself are you sure i know i am all right monica that's enough friends talk for now let's go ahead and get into our interview shall we our interview today is with jonathan amato Jonathan was the founder of Chris Crapery, which was one of my favorite food trucks back in the day, and they were wildly successful. Jonathan later founded Curbside Provisions, and they produce over 50 daily food truck markets around the Seattle metro area, and they're behind seattlefoodtruck.com. Here's our interview with Jonathan. Hey, everybody. Today, we're interviewing Jonathan Amato, who is the managing director of SeattleFoodTruck.com. Welcome to the show, Jonathan. Hello, Monica. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? Doing great. Loving life. All right. So you guys, Jonathan and I have known each other for a really long time. So I'm going to ask him about his origin story. Jonathan, tell us about your journey in Seattle. And it all started with a food truck and led down a different path. Dun, dun, dun. I know. I've been in the food truck game, God, a little over 10 years now. Like started from Portland. So I had a, I used to work in a food truck in Portland and as we're working at, it was pyro pizza, making wood fire pizzas. And I loved the idea of, of the truck life There's something about it. I just absolutely adored. And after working there for about a year or so, uh, me and my buddy at the time were like, we should open up our own. And it was just a super last minute, kind of like a, wouldn't it be cool if we started this kind of thing. And, uh, we kind of tossed the idea back and forth over some beers and we're like, let's do this. And so we bought a truck like some like old delivery truck. And then we converted ourselves. We built it all out. We had it all done. And then we were like, well, at this point, we didn't even know what the heck we were going to serve food wise. But then we were just like, we were at the restaurant st- supply store. And originally it was going to be between chicken and waffles or crepes. And the crepe machine was cheaper. So we went with that one and then had it all built out. And then we were done. We're like, should we go to Portland? And then we're like, you know what? Let's I try Seattle. Never been here. Didn't know anything about the city. At sight unseen, we're like, cool, we're going to open up this in Seattle. So we literally drove it through the snow, got here, opened it up like a month later, just trying to figure it all out. And uh, yeah, then I've been in Seattle. So we had the food truck for three years and um, loved it, killed it. Um, not to toot our own horn, but we did best food truck. We were on uh, Eat Street, uh, cover of Seattle Met. Uh, we did really, really well with it. And so like during this time um, of running the truck, is when we were started to kind of do the outside of just the truck life world, which was like, uh, you know, the, the, the events and, and stuff like that. So like, that's when we, I, I kind of started, you know, curbside and Seattle food truck era and like kind of get down to that. So then when we sold uh, the, the crepe truck, then, you know, kind of devoted full time into the, the curbside and the Seattle food truck world. Yeah. 
That's a lot. Lots, lots to take that's, in. That's, lots to take in, take right? In. Um, I have to say, you guys, and I hate admitting this to Jonathan because... I still like the crepes. I still think about the crepes. They were day. delicious. They were delicious. Absolutely. Um, even though, you know, I can get crepes lots of places, I still Not haven't found one that I like 100%. as well. 100%. So it was great food, and you're right, totally killing it. And then yeah. when you said curbside, Jonathan's talking about curbside provisions, yes. which is uh, the company that he is the managing director of. Correct, yes. Which is part of SeattleFoodTruck.com, which you guys do know about. So yes. That's we're talking today. All right, so that's a lot of stuff, right? Absolutely. So... The thing is, SeattleFoodTruck.com, it's, Seattle's a really small food truck community. It's yeah. a small food, food community in general, so people are familiar with that, mm-hmm. right? So, like, if I want to find a food truck, I'll go to the website and I'll look like, okay, well, I want to know who's in Bothell right now. Boom. And the website will tell me. Yes, Boom. I am. What people might not know is some of the other things that SeattleFoodTruck.com does. So, why don't you tell us? Absolutely. So, just quick back of it all was like, you know, when we, when I started my food truck, there was maybe a dozen trucks on the streets. Back then, it was super wild, wild west. There was nowhere uh, to park because SDOT wouldn't allow trucks on the street. So it was literally like we would just go door to door in neighborhoods and be like, can we park here? (laughs) And like, that's how we were able to kind of figure things out. And then like, then we realized, you know, there's strength in numbers. So like, we would create these like, you know, little food truck pods at the time, uh, like, Uptown Espresso, which doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were like, you know, just a couple of trucks in one. And like, we would do these like late nights and these weird spots. And like, again, it was super wild, wild west back then. And then like, as we kind of grew, you know, we were, um, more and more trucks came in. And, um, but again, there was still was no singular like organized way of food trucks kind of all be at one location. Uh, so that's when we started sort of the first food truck pod in Seattle over in uh, South Lake Union. And we had it in an old enterprise car lot. And we had four trucks there daily, and it was just a nice, cool rotation of them. And so, like, this was spent during our, our truck time. So this was, like, a way for us to create this, like, open-air food truck market, if you will, of just, like, a congregation of food trucks. What we had in Portland, but we unfortunately didn't have here in Seattle. Um, so we, like, started doing one, and then we did another and another. And so SeattleFoodTruck.com, as you know, is a place where you can find your favorite food trucks. But on top of that, we also are in charge of a lot of the different locations you might see. So we help do all the management of the trucks at Westlake Park, Occidental Park, Starbucks headquarters, T-Mobile headquarters, Expedia. I mean, you name it, we have quite a handful of things. So like it grew from like as a necessity as, as, a, as a food truck owner uh, until like, look, where are we going to go? How do we go to these spots? And so like we grew more in locations. And then from there, we've grown from, you know, just day, day spots to like, you know, we do, well, we have a full-on catering division. We do, uh, we do full-on software, manufacturing. I mean, like, we've really grown from just, like, what literally was just a WordPress website of, like, how, where food trucks were. were. There, it was literally just a list. There was no map. And then everything we have, I mean, is fully built custom out by us. And so it's grown, really, to, like, create more of a sense of community here in the food truck world, which is super cool because, like, in Seattle, our future community is super tight-knit. Everybody knows everybody. Everyone's super cool. Everyone has first-name basis with things. And that was something that we really created from the ground up. Because, like, when we had, again, it, it was so little, few of us that as we were able to grow, we created things like the food truck mailing list, which literally allows every food truck owner to communicate with each other. I got a, I need a plumber. I need a mechanic. Can someone cover my spot? Or, like, the ability for trucks to be able to find locations and book locations and find caterings and, like, all these tools were always created at necessity uh, as a food truck owner myself. And so I was like, look, we need these things to be able to grow. Like, I know everyone else does. And so from there, it kind of grew more. So Seattle Food Truck, again, has turned into, like, 
pretty much just a one-stop shop for food truck owners and foodies looking for food trucks. Mm-hmm. Say that three times fast. <laughs> for sure. I mean, you talked about when you came up here, there were like 10 trucks on the street. I mean, yeah. when I started following trucks around, there was like literally five. At best. Right? And like Twitter wasn't a thing. Nope. And so like if I wanted to go see Marination... Big Blue, I'd have yeah. to literally like run down to the stadium and like 50% of the time wouldn't be there. Yep, <laughs> right? 100%, yeah. Today. And so it was really hard and definitely, you know, the list is helpful. It's more helpful than not. Of course. But being able to search by neighborhood, by cuisine, those are all really important things that even like when I go food trucking now, because I still do, you know. Yeah, oh, for sure. And so when I'm getting ready to take some folks out from the office, I'm just like, hold on just a second. I'm going to make sure I know what trucks are there. A hundred percent. And it's weird because like we, we've gotten to this point nowadays where a lot of it's taken almost for granted, I guess, in a sense of like, not just what we do, but just like truck life in general. Like... Oh, like, of course, there's a website that tells you where trucks are. But, like, it didn't exist. Like, there was no such thing. Or, like, of course, food trucks can park on the street and, like, do, like, why not, stupid? Like, no, it didn't exist. So, like, for us to be able to, I mean, like, you're looking at 500-plus vendors in King County alone and plotting them out on a map so that you can find uh, a business that is not a static location. You know, Mm -hmm. like, Yelp can't even put mobile vendors out on a thing because they move, so they just pick one commissary, so it's hard. Like, we are able to actually track them, find them, move them wherever they're supposed to go, so you know, oh, today I can go down here and see this. And, like, that's just not a common thing that you, like, it sounds like, oh, that's simple, but, like, juggling that many vendors and, like, their schedules and this and that, like, it literally used to be, like, when we started, it was all WordPress, so it was literally, like, a just list that you type out and they'd be like, yeah, just email me where you're at. Or, like, I'd track them down myself and find them out, but, like, that was a nightmare. And so then it, it turned into, like, Google Calendars and Share and this and that, like, and then as we've grown, like, you know, luckily we're in this beautiful city of Seattle, which is tech-heavy, so we've been able to, like, grow our own softwares and grow things out internally so that we have everything kind of built out so that it allows these new cool ways for people to track trucks, book trucks, and all that kind of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Totally changed, man. Totally changed. Absolutely. And, and I get you, like, people were always comparing the Seattle food truck scene to what's going down in Portland. It's just like, okay, yeah. so first of all, what you're finding in per- Portland is not really trucks. No. They're, like, trailers. That Micro are, restaurants that are at best. Yeah, so they're parked. They're not going anywhere. No. So, like, the infrastructure is totally different. You don't have to worry about moving every day and all the wear and tear could happen, you know? I mean, 100%. Anything could happen, right? 100%. 100%. And, and the second part is, this is where I want to shout out your advocacy and, like, other industry folks is that it takes advocacy to change these laws oh, that yeah. what was preventing trucks from parking in certain places was again like trying to get a permit was like in the early days like i remember like the first couple of trucks that got permits from the department of transportation like that was a really big deal like oh, that was huge. such a huge win huge. now again like taking for granted yep. that, you know that's just the way that business is done it's unfortunate but yeah. like you're 100 percent right like to see what it was back then is night and day like again like you can't compare Portland to anything yeah. because Portland, first in itself, is a bubble of like what it is and like to see what they call food truck. It's not a food truck. There's literally like a couple dozen actual food trucks right. that There's actually that move. Many. They don't do it. So they're food carts. Mm-hmm. And the only difference, because they don't move also, it's just a micro restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's to stay there. So like, you, you Monday through Friday, you're going to be at the same spot. Yeah. You know, it's not, there's no flexibility yeah. or any, any variations in it. But like, what we've created here, like, and what it is now being like, you see so many trucks and, oh, yeah, I can just book a spot at West. Like, like that never exists or even like, yeah. or even the idea of it. And like, people think, oh, it's so hard here. I can't get this. But like, <laughs> what you don't realize is that like, as a city, we're actually, and even though like, I always see these like Bobo lists that list stuff like hardest places to open up a food truck and like Seattle will be on there. And I'm like, when you compare to like 
New York or Chicago. So like, for example, in New York, a food truck owner, food truck, getting a permit as a food truck in New York is like getting a taxi medallion. Mm -hmm. They only give out so many of them. And the problem is, is that you'll have people who will get these medallions or food truck permits and then sit on it, Mm -hmm. no plans to open a truck and then sell Sell it. it. One of the biggest name trucks out there was paying six figures every year on a permit that they rented from some random guy who had no intention of renting it, but there was the only way to do it. So that in itself is a fortune. On top of that, food trucks out there, and the same thing is for Chicago, people don't realize, like if you're a food truck owner in, in New York, your day starts, we'll call it one o'clock in the morning, because you're driving out to the spot, you're parking in that area, you're putting your, you, you know, that you're like, okay, this is where I want to surf today. So you park at 1 a.m., your truck there, then you sleep in your vehicle all morning long, then you wake up and then you start your day. Like that's what you have to do. In Chicago is the same way. I knew we talked to truck owners who literally would like drive. It's better in Chicago because like in New York, if you're not in your vehicle, they'll tow it. In Chicago, they could just park and leave it. So they would drive over there, park their food truck, take a cab, go back home, sleep for another hour or two if they could, then start the day and just rinse repeat. And like, that's a nightmare. And it still happens to this day. So it's not, things haven't changed. It's not moving. So like to see what we have in Seattle, like, we have a, a huge community that's really grown in like a city that actually like wants to be able to support it. You know, SDOT's really super into it. King County Health Department's been learning things as we go. And like 10 years ago, it was literally like none of it existed. Yeah. No one knew what the heck was going on. So it was like trial by error and as we've grown. And so like to see what a lot of the, the early pioneers of the food truck game, you know, like Marination, Skillet, uh, Charlie's Buns, Snout and Go, like ones who were like there from the beginning you know, and, and we're able to to create these new things like that. It's it's an amazing thing. Like, mm-hmm. and it's cool to see a lot of those those veterans still in the game. You know. Yeah. No, for sure. And it's it's a totally different game now because I remember I remember when the fir- permits first started changing, where like one year it'll be like twenty new trucks. Like now, there's hardly any because it's so hard to be successful. Yeah. But but it's just like the hustle's not the same. Like I remember. <laughs> I remember you hustling City, City Hardware in their parking lot right? for like 12 stalls. Dude, seriously. <laughs> right? Like that was That's a, back in the day. 100%. Like we used to go door to door to hustle at yep. any place we could. Like we were up in like Upper Queen Anne. Mm-hmm. We used to go to Georgetown. We used to be like Fremont. Like one of our first houses was like the Evo in Fremont. Yeah. And like it literally was just like knock on the door and like trucks didn't go anywhere else. So we'd be like, can we park here? And like we'll give you some free food and like we'll try to work it out. And like <laughs> it was just such a hard thing because... Also, we didn't even know this damn city, so we didn't know anything. We didn't. People were like, "Go hit up Queen Anne." I'm like, "What the hell is Queen Anne?" You know, like <laughs> South Lake Union was nothing but like warehouses yep. and like it, so. Like there was no reason to be down there, and so everyone's like, you know, when we came here. Amazon was still, you know, that like evil layer at the top of Beacon Hill, you know, and so like now everyone's like, oh, like food truck owners, like, oh, I'll just get a truck and I'll put it in South Lake Union. Of course, dump, duh, yeah. you know. I'm like, That's, <laughs> that is so not how it was, and so it's so cool to kind of see, for better or for worse, it's cool to kind of see. Um, you know, what people have, you know, how, what, how it's changed, how it's created. And like, we have the ability to grow these new opportunities for food trucks, which is super awesome. Um, I do, uh, you know, wish that like people would remember those bad times, but yeah. like, it's super cool that we're able to kind of give like, cause more importantly, like as hard as it was back then and as easy as maybe some of it might have now, the cool part is that, is that as a business, literally every single day, I'll get a phone call. I don't know how people get my cell phone number, but I'll get a phone call being like, Yo, I'm opening up a truck and like I will talk like I'll talk food trucks for hours. Like it's something I love and care about and really respect for what what we've done, what other people have done. And like when somebody is like, you know, like it comes from a, an immigrant or, you know, English is second language and they're trying to open up this truck. Like I'll take calls all day long with people about this stuff because like I want to be able to give them something that we didn't have before. You know, like 
how like people are like how do I open up a truck and I'm like well you know like <laughs> little things like that so like I'm always open to like talk to people about that kind of yeah. stuff and I absolutely adore it like that's what's cool about it. like 70% god I think probably a little more than that now of food trucks out there are women and minority business owners mm -hmm. here in Seattle yeah that's badass yeah you know it is totally so let's see one big thing exciting thing that you got coming up in the future you want to talk about da, 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 da. just one just one thing yeah god bless it um, we got some cool new things with the city coming up next year. Some mm -hmm. big, big things. Big and I think that's going to change the landscape of, uh, of, of the downtown area. For that, that's going to be, I think, pulling in from like what we've seen in Vancouver, what we have seen in San Francisco, what we've seen in like New York, and pulling it in. I think we have some really cool things up our sleeves. The city is super on board with a lot of cool things that we got going on. And so like, that leads into more of like what we I mentioned before is like, you know, we've grown from, you know, just food truck markets to a, from a website. We do, you know, software, but we do manufacturing. And so like we have this whole new cool thing going on downtown. So fingers crossed. All right. That goes well, but you it. can't miss it. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's see. One of your favorite things to eat in Ballard. <laughs> yeah. I don't, leave, I don't leave Ballard. Yeah, I know. Favorite things to eat in Ballard. <laughs> that is such a tough one. There's so many places that I... I won't eat in Mallard. All right. Well, let's start with one place that you will eat. Like, where do you eat today? Uh, I haven't eaten yet. I swear to God. Oh I know. It's a horrible answer. That I, I'm looking at all espresso right now. I haven't had a chance to eat. Uh, Sawyer is my go-to in Mallard. That's date awesome. night to the T. Yeah. I love that place. Um, I think it's super cool. What, what, Mitch? 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 Mitch Mayers. He's awesome. Yeah. It's like a, a, a stoner's dream of a menu because it's like... <laughs> He makes the weirdest things ever, and I absolutely adore it, like chocolate tacos or like bao buns and stuff. So yeah. I think what he does is cool, and they just added brunch. So like, yes, I'm stoked. But like, they're doing great, and they're having they're like weights out the ass. Uh, what Jason Stoneburner does, or at Stoneburner, I love. That used to be like our go-to date night spot mm -hmm. until Silver came. Like, always there. <laughs> Everyone loved it. Like, I was a big fan of that because it was a super cool place and really nice. I think those are two of my, my 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 big ones in town. Or. Hog Island is an underrated Island. sandwich. Hmm. Yeah, you don't even know it? No. It's in the back of, whatever that weird, that coffee shop, what is it? Um, Bauhaus. Huh. Yes. No so way. You, yeah, you go back, you go in Bauhaus and there's like, it's weird because not, there's like a tiny little sign on the door that says Hog Island, but it doesn't really explain what the hell it is. <laughs> but if you go, go into Bauhaus and then you go like behind, like where the counter is, there's another, like, you'll see just like a, iPad. Jonathan, just, just our stand there. cannot see you. <laughs> I, well, like, go behind this guy. Well, like, you just, you'd walk in the store and go behind. Okay. And there's a dude who okay. just makes sandwiches in the back room. But All they're right. good. They're like a, probably the best, best East Coast sandwiches. Look, I'm sandwiches. writing it down. I love it. Yeah, it's the best East Coast sandwiches I have. Because, okay. like, I can't find a good, good East Coast sandwich to save my life here. At all. No, but you can find good ramen. Tats is good. I'll give them that. Tats is pretty Tats good. Tats is damn good. I'll give them that. All right, Jonathan. That's all the time that we have today. Thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you, Monica. And that's our interview with Jonathan. Uh, Nelson, this was kind of a fun interview because I've known Jonathan for a long time, but also um, he's done a lot of different things in that time. And so seeing it evolve from him being a food truck owner to being an advocate and um, organizer of food trucks is really interesting journey. SeattleFoodTruck.com is still one of my best resources on the weekday if I'm trying to mm -hmm. figure out what kind of where are the, where are the food trucks going to be at, especially on the east side? Is like where what what kind of food can I go and eat during lunchtime? So it's really a great resource to use. Absolutely. Okay, Nelson. I think that's about all that we have for today. But we still have more work to do, right? 
Yeah, I, we're recording right now on a Saturday, so we have so many events. We got to go an event later today that was just kind of unexpected. We weren't planning on it. Today was supposed to be my free day. I was supposed to sleep in, Monica, <laughs> till 12 p.m., put on some college football. But I guess, you know, food never stops. Food never stops for us. <laughs> Can't stop, won't stop. We can't stop, won't stop. Yeah. Did you just quote P. Diddy? Oh my gosh, no, you no. did, didn't you? Yes. Nope. <laughs> no. <Wait> me. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I don't even know what that is. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got we got a lot more to talk about. Next week we've got some other things. And Monica, you I mean, there's something that's going on. We're we're doing something with lamb coming up. And you might see it in our stories maybe this mm-hmm. this upcoming week. This is exciting. We got we got something lined up for you guys. So it's uh sounds sounds like a lot of fun. But uh yeah, Monica, anything else before we end the show? Nope. I'm just going to try to get ready to eat again. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> full. But I'm going to try. I'm going to I'm in it to win it. So, okay. here we go. <laughs> All right, everyone. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening as always and happy eating Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at seattlefoodiepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.